This is episode 456 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, How to Clean Your Water Container. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible books were the inspiration, or at least one of the inspirations, for this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts and provides a lot of value. I love to learn and grow through audiobooks, and Audible makes that very easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free books. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you get to keep the books that you downloaded. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from preparednessmama.com. And again, the name of the article is How to Clean Your Water Container. And this is probably one of the most important things that we need to get right in our preparedness. Water is so very important and we are so spoiled with the fact that we can go to the tap and we can turn it on and we have water. And for the most part, it is clean. I mean, we can talk a little bit about all the junk that's in there and a lot of people filter the water that they get from the tap. But for the most part, when you compare us that you know, we live in, you know, the Amer- in the Americas, in the United States, or we live in, you know, first world countries where the water is very safe to drink compared to other countries that the water is not safe to drink. And then you throw on top of that, you know, the poop hits the fan and, you know, a, a crisis scenario. And then you're looking for water and those people who have never thought about water filtration or don't even know where to start with any of that, they're going to rely on that tap water. And what are they going to do? I mean, how are they going to survive? You need water to survive. It is that important. It's more important than uh, it's more important than food. Right. So you need to have water. So this one is very important here. This uh, article, it's been a while since I've read an article along this line. And so I hope that it is one that you feel is very valuable and one that gets you thinking about how you're storing water or even if you haven't started, you know, to get started so that you can have a water supply for you and your family. So let's go ahead and start reading again. This is from preparednessmama.com, how to clean your water container. Storing water for emergency situations isn't as simple as filling up the tap and waiting for an emergency to strike. We'll be going over the various containers that are safe for water, ways you can protect your supply from contamination, and how to properly clean your water container. Now, Water containers are a vital asset to those who wish to prepare and protect their family from an emergency. While there's always the hope that such a time will never come, having clean drinking water alongside other foods and tools necessary for survival can make a huge difference. While both food and water are both vital to survival, It is water that remains the number one concern. According to the Centers for Disease Prevention and Control, each person will need a minimum of a half gallon of water per day. With several members of a household and several days to plan for, the number of containers for water you'll need can seriously add up. 
And guys, that's on the low end, that half gallon of water. I know one of the things that you always hear about in preparedness is one gallon of water. And that's usually not just to drink, that's you know drinking and cooking, but that does not include hygiene, like bathing and cleaning yourself and those types of things. So that's one thing to, to, uh, to consider here as we're moving forward. Now, water may not have an expiration date, but water stored in improper conditions or left alone for too long can breed microbes and other bacteria that make water unusable. Emergency preparations will require constant vigilance and periodic maintenance of your water containers to ensure the water you use is safe. Maintaining safe water starts with cleaning and preparing your water containers and knowing the ins and outs of long-term water storage. So what can and cannot be used? It can be tempting to use old milk jugs, soda bottles, and other large containers to store your water instead of heading to the store and purchasing the nicer options. However, according to the CDC, this can pose a serious threat to water integrity. Now, I am going to agree with all the, the milk jugs and different things like that. I'm, I'm not going to necessarily agree with soda bottles. I've heard about, think about it, if a soda bottle holds something under pressure, so it holds carbonated a soda under pressure um, it, it will be if you clean it correctly you got it and that's the key right cleaning correctly and she's going to go over that here in just a second but cleaning the the two liter bottles can make a big difference and, and that's a game changer so if you can't afford to go out and buy some of the water containers that are out there and, and you know what there are some really good options I have changed my mind on that because I used to be all about the two liters but I, I have changed my mind on on some of that I do think that the bigger water containers are easier to store at, when you think about the way that you know, you've got to stack water and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, I'm, again, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself there. Um, the issue with two liter soda bottles is that they can quickly add up and they can kind of take over a whole room or you know, a closet or whatever and that's all you have in there. All right, so let me go ahead and continue here. The common recommendation is to seek out containers that have been graded for food and certified not to seep dangerous chemicals into the water supply. If you're trying to use old bottles, check the underside to make sure that these have been stamped and graded for food. If you're not sure, it is probably best to err on the side of caution. Now, Other considerations include the durability of the container. Glass may be more tempting to the environmentally conscious than simply plastics but anything that isn't durable and ready to stand the test of time shouldn't be used. Likewise, you'll need to make sure that your water container can be sealed. In a pinch, glass containers may work fine, but any container that has held toxic or noxious substances should never be used for water storage, no matter how diligently they are clean. It is best not to run the risk and choose containers that can survive heavy use. Now, once you've secured enough containers for water for your family, it is time to give them all a thorough cleaning. Start by preparing a sanitary and indoor work location and empty open containers. Next, wash the containers as you would any other water container with dish detergent and water. It is okay to be gentle with the dish detergent as we'll be using something stronger or a stronger chemical later on. Wash diligently and rinse completely, ensuring that no dish detergent is left behind. For the deeper clean, we'll be using bleach. Be mindful not to pick up scented bleach or bleach that's often used for clothes and cleaning surfaces, but rather unscented liquid bleach. 
will be diluting this mixture down greatly to sanitize the inside of the container without leaving a harmful amount of bleach. Carefully measure out a ratio of one teaspoon of bleach to one quart of water and mix. Partially fill each container, seal the water container completely, and give it a good shake. Every inch of the interior surface needs to be coated for the container to be 100% sanitized. You'll need to do this for at least 30 seconds per container and drain. Dish racks are a handy tool for this process as the containers will need to air dry completely before you'll be able to load them with fresh water. Position the clean containers upside down and consider using a ventilated location for this process to keep the bleach scent away from living spaces. In a rush, these containers can be rinsed out with clean drinking water, but otherwise, wait at least a day before loading up. It is a diligent and somewhat boring process, but ensuring that you're using the right ratio of bleach and the correct containers, your hard work will pay off. So what about properly storing water? After filling your containers with clean drinking water and sealing them, it won't be as simple as popping on a shelf and waiting for the next big emergency. Maintenance and periodic cleanings will be key to making sure your drinking water is bacteria and microbe free. First, proper labeling is key. This is especially pertinent when storing drinking water in unconventional containers or for families that store clear fluids like rubbing alcohol or bleach in similar containers. Clearly write drinking water on each container in bold permanent ink. Next, we'll need to find the optimum location. Before going for an outside shed or covered location, you need to make sure that zero sunlight can strike the water. Recently, studies by the National Institute of Health show that water's exposure to sunlight can breed compounds like antimony and bisphenol A, otherwise referred to as BPA. Studies concerning the inherent dangers of the consumption of both antimony and bisphenol A are ongoing and generally inconclusive, but as we mentioned earlier, it is best to err on the side of caution. Exposure to sunlight also naturally increases bacteria growth. So if your cleaning methods weren't thorough, storage in a sunlit location would only serve to exasperate the problem. Next, consider a location that has a consistent temperature. 50 to 70 degrees is often the cited benchmark to hit, so basements and cellars make for an excellent storage location. A place too cold will threaten to freeze the water and rupture the containers, and similarly, too warm a location provides a breeding ground for microbes. There is also the issue of periodic replacement. Despite lacking an expiration date, there is little we can do to ensure a 100% sanitary environment for our containers. As such, you'll need to replace these at least once every six months. Dispose of the drinking water or repurpose as gray or black water before repeating the cleaning process. Seasonal maintenance is also something to consider, so it might be simpler for many to remember replacing the water once per season. The more often you replace your water, the lower the risk of contamination. To ensure you do this often, write a date alongside the label on each container, preferably in small print so that the date can be updated seasonally. Finally, make sure that no dangerous substances are located nearby. Flammable materials like gasoline and rubbing alcohol shouldn't be stored near the containers and if possible, set the containers on a raised surface rather than on the ground. 
So final thoughts are to best prepare for any possibility, it is also worth considering the many ways you can reuse the containers in case of emergency. For example, purchasing large five gallon containers from a convenience store might seem unnecessary if you have reusable bottles at home, but a five gallon container has excellent potential for reusability. These can be converted after use into gray water storage, storage for bulk meals, and even waste disposal. Likewise, if you're in a location that's tight on space, skip the small containers and go for a few 55-gallon drums. These can be found both in food-grade and BPA-free varieties and are an easy way to prepare your family for the weeks and months ahead. These work best for larger families if those who, and those who have pets that will also have water needs. While we've kept the focus exclusively on drinking water, thinking ahead to gray water and black water will help you make sure you've prepared for every outcome. For example, five gallon jugs can be repurposed to fill up from natural spring waters or rivers and lakes near you. There's no reason why you would need to store water for gray water purposes when natural resources are so close at hand. In a pinch or locations without easy access to nature, you may need to consider repurposing containers for temporary black water use. As you can see, preparing containers for water isn't as simple as filling from the tap and waiting for an emergency to strike. Remember to plan thoroughly, purchase the right bottles, clean thoroughly, and choose the right location for storage. Each of these steps is vital to ensure you've done your part in securing a safe amount of usable water for your family. As always, hope for the best and prepare for the worst so when the worst strikes, you and your family will have little to worry about and a plan ready to execute. All right, so uh, there you have it, guys, and I think a very important uh, topic and something to consider. So um, let me go over just a couple of things. I already talked about the two-liter bottles, and you know, if you have those, um, you know, you can definitely use those. And uh, I, I truly believe you can use those. But the issue is storage. And so you can have a lot of those bottles, but eventually they will take up. I mean, you think about two liters and you think about how fast two liters are going. And when you're thinking about drinking a gallon, you know, a gallon per person per day, you think about how many two liter bottles you're going to have to have and then where you're going to store those things. So, you know, she talked about, you know, not definitely not going to a shed or whatever. And those of you who live up north that have, you know, a regular climate, I mean, I guess you're going to be, you, you wouldn't have a regular climate that's at 60 degrees or, or, or something like that all the time. So your, your seasons are going to fluctuate. But down here in Houston, we definitely would not be putting that in a shed because we can range anywhere from 30 degrees, you know, in the wintertime all the way up to 100. And, you know, if you were inside of a shed during the summertime, 120 degrees very easily and it'd get very hot. And so, you know, that's not something that you want. You wouldn't want to store water in a garage because it, it just it wouldn't be, you know, it, it would be getting too hot. And you, the integrity of the storage container, what, you know, I wouldn't try. I just personally wouldn't trust that. So you really need to be thinking about what you're going to do with your water storage and where you're going to put all of this. So a lot of the times people will say, hey, I've got I've got a filter. OK, great. So that filter will filter so many amounts of, you know, so many gallons of water and that's all good. But think about having to go out and find that water. And then a lot of the times you're going to you're going to want to pre-filter and you're going to want to run that through maybe a, a, another homemade filter before you actually start filtering. Because if you have a water filter, you know, one like a mini Sawyer or a Life Straw or something along those lines, even if you have like the Hydro Blue, which I recommend for families 
um, you know, you have the Jerry Pressure Can, uh, Hydro Blue, whatever, you're going to want to do that because if you start throwing in junk water in there, the, the more that it has to filter, the, the more clogged that that filter is going to get. So if you're going out and finding water, bringing it back home, you would want to pre-filter as much as possible before running it through the, the final filter that you're going to use. And so, you know, a lot of people think, well, that's all, all I need and I'm good to go. But you think about how much water you need. And I mean, that's going to be a daily chore for people. You know, a lot of the times we look at videos of people that are in third world countries and, and people who are carrying big jugs of water to, to a river or whatever, and they're getting water or they're, they're going to a well and they're pumping water. And that is a daily chore uh, that they're doing, you know, on a, on a regular basis to have water for their family. And if you're in a crisis situation, you don't want to be dealing with that. So you want to have some kind of water storage. So going to the two liter thing, again, if you have, I mean, you know what, if you have like a room that is completely, and, and that's, that's something that, those of us that are down south would have to do and we definitely couldn't keep our homes like you know in the 15 we don't have cellars we don't have uh you know those types of things uh you know in our we don't have basements down here in houston so we would have to keep them in in a room and so if you have a room maybe a spare bedroom that it's not being used maybe it you know it's not even being used for anyone if they spent the night or whatever like that it is just kind of an extra room that you can close the door and maybe you can you know stack a lot of two liter bottles in there that would be fine um, it would take it, you know, it would take up a lot of space or you could go to some of the other things. I mean, they sell five gallon containers that are made for water. And when I say five gallon, you know, a lot of the times I, I mean, my mind first goes to like the Home Depot buckets because I talk a lot about food storage, but they make the five gallon water containers as well. And you can purchase those. And, uh, you know, that that would be helpful. They they don't stack vertically as nice, but they do. I mean, they do line up and you know what you're getting there. Um, one of the things that I like lately are the water bricks. You can stack those into uh, and and make those into uh, a nice brick, and you can stick the you can make those uh, go high, right? You can stack them. I mean, uh, they're stackable, right? Um, the cool thing about those is you can kind of hide the way that they look, and so you can you know put a sheet around them. You can do some things to to not make it obvious that those are water bricks. So I kind of like that. Um, the 55 gallon drum, I mean, that might be one of those things that are, you know, it's very, uh, you know, very necessary for your family. But think about it. You've got, you've got five family members, right? And you're drinking a gallon of water a day. I mean, how long is that going to take you? That's going to take you, that's going to only take you 10 days. So you have this big 55 gallon drum, you know, it's going to 11 days, right? It'll take you 11 days and, and then that's that's it. That's empty. And then you're going to have to have something else. So if you think about how big a 55-gallon drum is and how much water it can contain, you know, and, and you think about, man, that's only 11 days for a family of five. So anyway, the cool thing about those is that a lot of the times they come with pumps. So, and of course, you're filling them up and you've really got to think about how you're filling those up, right? Because, you know, you're going to put them somewhere and then you're going to run a hose and you got to make sure that the hose is something that is, is clean and something that you are comfortable pushing water through to get it into that 55-gallon drum. And then you can seal it up and then you have the pump that you can pump out the water when you need it. Now, again, the, the cleaning of the water or the dumping the water out every six months or every season... I don't know, man. I mean, if you, you think about it, if you have a big family 
and you are uh, you know you're doing that every six months at least I mean you're you're throwing out a lot of water and that is a process that you're doing now that you're being safe when you do that I have always I remember from the very beginning of when I started looking into that is like if you do it right the first time then you should be good. You seal it up. Nothing is going to get in there. I mean, unless you are, you know, you didn't do a good job of sanitizing your container. You didn't do a good job of storing it properly. You should be good. And and so again, going back to those two liter bottles, you know, th- there's a lot of sugar in there. So you need to clean them out. You might want to do that a couple of times if you're using something like that. But you know, you always hear about cleaning, you know, training out the water, and that's just a big, big chore. And so if you are using a 55-gallon drum, to be honest with you, I don't know. So a lot of people, to get around that, what they'll say is, we're going to store the water, we're going to make sure we sanitize the container, we do all of that, um, it's, it's all good to go, we're going to put the water in there, we're going to seal it up, and then when we need to use that water, we're still going to use that raw water through a water filter, Right. And, uh, and we're still going to do that to be extra safe. And so that's something that you can do there. But you really need to be thinking about what you're going to do with your family. You know, how are you going to take care of this situation with your family? And then you need to be thinking about how am I going to replenish this water in a, in a real true survival situation? Uh, after I go through the 10 days, the 14 days, the 30 days, that's a lot of water depending on the size of your family. Then after I do that, what am I going to do? You know, you should have something in place, uh, uh, something in mind of what you would do at that point. So if we're thinking long, long term survival. So there's a, a good article, like I said, over here at preparednessmama.com. Um, you know, a lot of things to consider, definitely the sanitation aspect of it. And it's one of those things you kind of do. And uh, hopefully, you, you, you know, if you're doing the big containers, you're not going to be able to put those on a dish rack. But maybe, I don't know, if it's a chore, maybe you, you got smaller containers, you can cycle these out every so often. So let's say you buy a five-gallon container, right? You buy one one month. And then you buy another one another month. And then you buy another one another month. And I know, you know, like, for instance, I remember hearing Jack Spirko talk about this with um, with Twin, Jack Spirko and Stephen Harris, if I remember correctly, about, uh, you know, five-gallon uh, containers of gasoline. And basically what you have is you, you have 12 gallons and they're all a month, right? Or I'm sorry, 12 five-gallon containers and they all have a month on there. And then this is a way, I mean, they're talking about preparedness as far as, um, like you're going through a hurricane or whatever, and you want to ensure that you have the right amount of uh, fuel f- to be able to get you through what it, any crisis, not just a hurricane, but any crisis. And so you have a backup generator and all that kind of stuff. So if you have uh, 12 five-gallon containers of gas, I mean, you, you have a lot of gas, right? And so it'll take you through without having to worry about, hey, are the gas stations opened up again? Am I going to be able to fill up? I've got one, you know, the, the the worst thing is to have a big generator. And I know I was talking about water and now I'm talking about gas and generators. Um, just going all over the place, but um, I'm going to get to a point here. So, you know, you have, you have this generator and then all you have is five gallons worth of gas and that's going to be done with one night, right? And so you need to be able to, to have plenty of gas. And so the idea is, Every every container, uh, every five gallon container has a month on there, and so once you get to let's let's just say to make it easy, you start with January, you get to December, then you get back to January. I mean, every month you're buying another five gallon uh, container of gas, you're filling it up, you're marking it down with the with the month, 
And then when it comes back to January, you put that gas into your car and you go fill up another that five gallon. And so you have that gas that's always refreshing. And of course, you're using, uh, you know, you're using the additives and stuff like that. You're putting it in there uh, to uh, to help keep that gas and, and to make sure that it is staying stable and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, that, that's one thing that you can do. So if you had this idea for water, you could do the very same thing with the five gallon container you can order it off of amazon you can go you know, go buy it at a camping supply store whatever but you buy it you go ahead and you do your thing you fill up five gallons you set it to the side and then you know the next month you buy uh you know you buy another uh, another five gallon and you buy another and you're, you're writing the month and you can do the same thing and so every year when you circle back around to that month you would drain that out clean go through the cleaning process and you know you're good to go there so that might be something that you could do to keep you on a system on a routine so that you can ensure if you're worried that the water that you're storing could go bad in, in you know in those containers i don't believe it would um, from what i remember you know listening to and i've done a lot of reading on that if you do it correctly you should be good to go you know a lot of the times you think again thinking about a soda, you know, soda that has been stored for many, many, uh, you know, it's under pressure in a two liter bottle. It's been stored for many, uh, for many weeks, many months. It can go years and you open it up and you still get the fizz, right? If it hasn't been opened up before. And so those containers, a lot of those containers, if they're sealed correctly and you've sanitized them correctly on the, on the front end, they will, you know, the water inside will not go bad unless you've allowed things to get in there and contaminate it. So those are my thoughts on on that on water storage, but you need to do something to have water storage because it is a very important thing. It is one of the most important things when you're talking about preparedness and being in any crisis. All right, guys, well, that article is over at preparednessmama.com. And like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes if you are uh, wanting to go over there and maybe read it uh, a little bit more carefully and maybe you want to you know, think it through a little bit as you go. Um, it's going to be linked for you in the show notes. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 456. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.